Hey guys, James Rest here from Marketing Secrets for Electricians and today is the last episode with Tommy Mello um, where we look at the service-based industry and how you can utilize it uh, to make lots of money basically. Um, if you found this useful, please go to the Facebook group and tell us what you liked. If you, I, I, I'd love to see if you're, you know, what idea you've liked and then implemented like it's all good listening and finding out good stuff but if we don't take action we're just consuming information which doesn't take us much further than where we are i also like this last bit there's a good tip uh marketing trick i i learned from tommy here that um, i didn't use and i wish i used it in my business it was a good startup trick so stay tuned for that So, here's what I hear a lot. How do normal electricians like us, who are properly trained and licensed, who are not willing to cheat and take shortcuts, and who are wanting to own a successful electrical business? How do we compete against the big guys who own the market share or the guys that charge peanuts for an electrical job? On top of that, we want to employ the best electricians so we can get off the tools and have plenty of time for other areas of life. That's the question. Join me and follow along as we search for the answers. My name is James Rest and welcome to Marketing Secrets for Electricians. So what issues did you run into when you're running like your or now or I know when you went from startup to you know where you are now? What what's what's some issues or some major issues kind of that you ran into? You know, uh, there's there's so many. The one thing I tell people is I've made a lot of mistakes. I jump in head first. Most people would take a long time to get as many mistakes as I've had because they're a little bit more cautious. I would say old trucks were a mistake. I bought way too many old trucks. If you need to buy your first 10 trucks are used, then do it and get them wrapped to make them look good. But don't go down this thing to buy all used because um, it's a good write-off. You know, it actually pays for itself in the taxes for me. Number two, it's a great advertising. Number three, there's something to be said about culture, about guys not having trucks that are breaking down or having issues or their air conditioning goes out or whatever happens. So that's a big one. Um, I say the biggest thing by far is ultimate focus. It's understanding and how, how to pick the next big thing to work on. So there's a good book by Michael McCallowitz called Fix This Next. He's got a lot of good books, but... As you can see in the back here, I'm a big reader. Um, but I became readers are leaders, read a lot, do a lot of podcasts, get involved with um, going to see somebody, get out of your element. If you really want to be successful, fly away from your hometown and go follow somebody for three days and find out what they do, ask a lot of questions. But ultimately, it's focus. And a lot of people start making money and they start investing in real estate and going on vacations and buying that second home and and let the money work for you and focus. Remember what gave you this money. Don't all of a sudden say, oh, I finally made money in this business. Now let me go invest it in another business. It doesn't make sense. You've built all these great structures in your business. You finally started to make money. First thing you're going to do is go divest the thing that made you money. No, no, no. You're not going to be a real estate investor you know, if you want to buy your own building, that's fine for, for, for your business. But don't don't do the mistakes I made. I, I used to buy different houses and flip them and I made money. 
that's the that's the sad thing is I made money, so it becomes more. It's easier to do it when you make money, but man, if I would have put all that time, energy, and focus. So there's two books. Okay. One thing by Gary Keller, and mm -hmm. Essentialism. Those two books really changed my course of just focus, focus, focus. And I think that's the biggest mistake. I mean, there was a time I walked into my work. There was three people outside smoking. The phones were ringing off the hook. My manager, I found out, was dating one of my uh, CSRs. This was five, six, shoot. This was at the old, old, old building. So probably eight years ago. But, I mean, that's the day I said, man, I got to get control of this mess. It's too much, too much of a mess. You, you're, you could have 100 good people. One bad system will ruin 100 great people. Remember that one bad system could ruin a hundred great people. And if your business is run on systems, standard operating procedures, key performance indicators, and you're inspecting what you expect, you could run the whole business off of minimum wage employees and still run a better business than having Harvard grads in your entire company. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, you're very, so very big on systems. Yeah. Like that, I guess that's the, that's the moral of the story yeah if yeah if you can take anything away from this like start building systems in your business and do you do you test the systems like you build them once and do you just like okay that's it or do you no, it's, it's a living breathing system but you got to work it, the system has to be spoon fed like i'm working on a new system right now and every word matters do we say sign the contract or do you say sign the agreement the agreement sounds much better than a contract right so every little thing that you do needs to be systematically thought of. And then you need to test stuff. You need to A, B, test certain things. And you're always, they're living, breathing organisms. You're always going to be modifying and making changes. Don't think all of a sudden I've done it, I, I've done it, I'm done. Anybody that thinks that, you got to change with time. I mean, new things are coming out. New algorithms are coming out with Google. Um, new, new ways to, to form relationships like Zoom calls. If I would have told you six months ago I was going to be building relationships on Zoom, I would have said, how's that possible? Now with COVID-19, coronavirus, you have to. everybody's like, hey, I say, let's do a virtual lunch. I'll order you some Uber Eats. We'll eat together and we could hopefully be your next garage door company because I want to earn your business. Okay, so and I, I'm not going to let you down. You're, so you have Zoom called and had lunch with people and one business over it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all the time. That's, I haven't seen that happen. That's awesome. <laughs> well, if I was just, I'm going to buy you and your company lunch. I'll have it delivered. What's your address? We'll jump on a 20 minute zoom call. I know garages aren't a big thing to you, but you YouTube order a lot of them. I'm going to show you the reasons why you should give me at least an opportunity to give you a bit. My goal is to impress you and I'm going to impress you with our technology. You're going to know exactly what, where we left the remotes. I'm going to take you pictures. You're going to see a checklist a checklist that's performed on every single install before and after we're going to leave the garage door cleaner than when we walked in it. We're going to make sure we get along with other contractors. We have a specific time that we show up and you're going to know everything. We are actually going to text message your cell phone when we're on the way with a profile of the technician and what he likes to do until you get to know him a little bit. We're going to beat you with our processes. That's how we win. Yeah, so that's that's I guess that's another thing where you stand out like just from a marketing point of view as well your processes for someone who doesn't have anything that's like rock up in, in you, know, you know dirty and all this type of stuff and doesn't message them and all that they haven't got all this process and I can just you can see the difference yet yeah, versus someone who does all this stuff to stand out another one who's like I'm the cheapest but here I am type of thing 
I, you know what? After the fourth time, I have a buddy of mine that fixed my air conditioning. This is years and years and years ago. It broke down four different times. I said, dude, I don't care. Don't give me any more favors. I need my air conditioning fixed correctly. Mm-hmm. And just because somebody, and here's another thing that people do, especially when you're older, uh, the older generation, they'll hold on to a nut or a bolt or a screw or an alternator, or they'll just carry an old part. And they'll say, one day I'll need this. And it's like, just replace it. Don't think you're not doing the customer any favors by saving that old ass part that you can't even get to. I want my stuff fixed when you come here. If you got to go back to your shop and, and band-aid it and everything else, it's just not the way to do business. And if you're starting to market to those customers that want things done cheap, that's who you're always going to be broke. You're always going to be broke. Do not market to those people. Why would you want to market to the cheapest people out there? I mean, yeah. You know, people said, Tommy, with all the metal you make, imagine if you took the copper out of there. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do $70 million this year. I could maybe make some money off taking copper out. But then I've got the why. Why not be a specialist? Let, let, the, let the metal company deal with that. I'm not going to take apart everything. So there, there's a lot of things that you can find money within your business. But keep your eye on the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, people are going to come up to you and they're going to say, hey, I got a job for you. You can make $30,000 doing it. Trust me, I've taken on $50,000 jobs, walked out of there with nothing. Even if I made five grand, a commercial job, I'm not set up for that. I had, a, I had a, and I have some now, but I needed to rent scissor lifts and, and get all these specialists in there and then get a welder. And why, why take on the work that you're not comfortable doing like you do every day? Yeah, especially if you're not going to make a profit, like if you're spending all this energy, and I've done as well, one 10, 20, 30 grand worth of work. And it was like something I didn't normally do, but I was like, hey, it's a lot of money. And I basically broke even on it at the end of the day. And you don't think you broke even. Everybody goes, I still made money. And you're like, yeah, if you pay yourself zero, you had to go out there 10 times to fix it. You had to pay for the marketing. You had to, how much was it worth to hire somebody in your accounts receivable because they were net 90 and you didn't get paid for 180 days. So your bank account was on zero. There's all these ancillary things that nobody thinks about. Yeah, all these back-end costs, essentially. Exactly. Oh, cool. So we've done the worst type of stuff. What about, like, I get, I'm, I'm, I could probably guess this answer, but what makes uh, your company successful, like, right now? Well, I would say the pe- a lot of times people say it's the people, but I say it's the process in which you pick the people. The people are 100%. The business is the people. But if they don't have processes to follow and they're not good at creating processes and they don't have a structure and know how to stay in their own lane, you see, nobody should have more than five direct reports. See, Jesus only had 12 disciples and he was the Lord. So I say you should have five direct reports tops. And when I see businesses start to fail, they go through peaks and valleys. Uh, they hit their valleys because the, the managers take on too many reports and then stuff starts getting in the weeds and stuff starts slipping through the cracks. So I would say create a really good organizational chart, put structure into what each job is responsible for, build key performance indicators on every role, make sure you're inspecting what you expect and don't leave any area for gray, make it black and white. And that, that, that's what you need to do to be on your way to a successful home service company. Yeah. And so the, the system, do you actually find, how often do, just out of curiosity, do your technicians actually review or 
know, do you have a do they have a big thick menu? Or is it all on the iPad? Do they review it once a week, once a month? So once a week, every Thursday, we read three pages out of our manual. It's about forty-five pages total. Okay. And so, yeah. a lot of times we'll get questions about inventory, so we'll read those four, four or five pages that day. Um, so we're reading it. It's it, but they spend a lot of time with the manual in the training that six weeks of training. They're learning about all of it, and they've got a copy on their iPad to see what do I need to do for time off. And the other thing, when you build a manual, is you don't answer all their questions. You say, "Go to your manual, page thirty-seven. I think you'll find what you're looking for." Make them familiar with it, consistent with it. Make them learn how to use the index. My manual's super organized. There's an index to it. It's all the same format. Every single manual. There's no pictures in these manuals. It's 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 all grammatically correct. Everything's got a page number. So make it organized. Make sure the 80%s there. Don't worry about the 20. The one-off issues. It's kind of like the guy that says, "What about the time the guy didn't die because he didn't have a seatbelt on?" I'm like, "That's once in a lifetime. You know, it's very rare that that happens." So, but you do you, do you allow them? So you still want them to think for themselves, but follow the guide, like the the rule, like the rule book. Yeah, like you still. Yeah, yeah, but I learned them to say, I'm like, don't say it differently than me. Don't you don't even have to make it your own. Make it exactly like this. This is a beautiful home. Let me ask you this: How long have you lived here? Tell me exactly what's going on with your garage door. When was the last time you had somebody take a peek at it? Those are the three questions we asked. Okay, so every if, if I got one of your technicians out, they would ask those three questions. Those are the questions. The only time that's different is when we're on a door quote. One of the things I ask is if everything sounds right. You're happy with what I have to say. I'm sure you've done some research on our company. When were you looking to make a decision? I want to know because if they say, look, Tommy, if you say what we need to hear, I'm going to make a decision today. I better be walking out of there with a closed sale. You know what I mean? So so there's some questions we ask every single time. and and um, But we also have a field supervisor now that's doing virtual checkups to make sure everything's done properly, making sure that customer's happy. So, so Checkup, so he'll actually not go there, but he'll get no, on. No, but he'll take a look at the checklist. We've got a 28 point safety inspection, and he'll look at everything on there, and he'll look at a live video to make sure you're doing everything properly. Because technicians are lazy, they might not replace a broken. Um, it's called a two by six. It's a spring. It's your uh, spring pad, and it might have a crack in it. We don't want to leave it there. That's a liability. So we're going to look at every single thing, especially the stuff that the technicians are lazy about. And we're going to make sure it's done properly. And I can vouch for that. I've had a guy who, you know, we installed all these lights or outside lights in the house. And then an hour later, the customer called up and was like, hey, the lights are wonky. They're like, you know, and we didn't check up on him, you know, and basically I then have to go out there and fix the lights. But the, the you know, if you had a system in place like that, it's like automatic it gets fixed off. That's wonky. Your your supervisor could come and get the guy out before the customer even notice, notices what's going on. You know, you find it, not the customer, because that's bad. Well, and the supervisor could be a better opportunity to help you make the sale of any additional upsells. They could also help you get reviews okay. from that customer. They could also tell that supervisor if they're not comfortable with the technician that's there, if you're able to get them alone. There's a lot of opportunities when you get that second voice on that fixes most problems in the company. But And I guess they they're not always going to speak to the, they talk differently to the person who's higher up type of thing. So they'll right. speak Oh, when I get on the phone and they're like, I'm talking to the owner, they're like, oh my gosh, you're the owner. And I'm like, yeah, and I want your door to be safe. Safe Safety is a big word for me. I want your door to be safe. 
and I want to make sure that you don't have this issue again. So here's what I'm a lot of times guys call me up and they say the customer doesn't want to spend $500 when they get off the phone with me, they're spending a thousand. And it's because I don't, I just tell them straight up. This is, this is exactly, you want your door to be safe. Don't you? Yeah. Let's go ahead and make this safe today. Let's go ahead and get this fixed. Right. Yes, totally. <laughs> now that's, and uh, you know, electricians, electricity, big on safety. That's like a whole area. Yeah. If you do something wrong that can burn down your house. So it's definitely oh, yeah, it's huge. Yeah. Another, you know, and there's even people who go up in the roof and try to do electrical work on their own but they end up you know, getting electrocuted because they've got a tin roof and it's not earth and all this other stuff. So it's definitely uh, definitely a, you know, a big selling point to help push what you need to to make sure your customers are safe. So that's that's cool. I like that. Um, so have you got any other tips or anything else you feel you'd like to share? Um, <clears throat> technology is going to run your company. So find an amazing CRM that takes care of everything. If it's expensive, that's a good thing. That means they're well-funded. That means they've got good people to develop more code. Make sure that it's online in the cloud, that you don't have to host it yourself. I I used to host my CRM 10 years ago. Some of them still make you do that. I just yeah. think automate as much as you could. Automation helps growth. And remember, if you're not growing, you're shrinking most of the time. Um, understand how a business sells and make sure to get a plan because you're going to find out that when you sell, you're going to get a lot of freedom. I know a guy that's bought and sold six of his companies. He's on a six one and, and he's got his own private jet. Um, and on that, I think that's a point when you've done it once, like for example, if, if you sold your company today, you could pretty much turn around and start another service business like, like this. I can do it again in any industry now yeah. because it's not about garage doors. It's about getting the customer. You need to get good employees and good, clients you match them up together i mean i know how to make the phone ring off the hook the difference is is most people don't know how to recruit and train somebody that's never been in the industry before i am not getting technicians that have ever had any experience i'm oh. finding someone that wants to learn they've never been burned before electricity is a little bit different because you, you got to go through a little bit more of a learning curve and i understand that but think about it as planting seeds for the future you, you got to have a really good company though you got to be somewhere where they're not going to want to leave because last thing you want to do is train an apprentice for a long time. And then all of a sudden, boom, they found something better. You need to teach them that it's not only about the money, it's about the ancillary benefits. And there should be a lot of them. I mean, build a culture, uh, build a family that they don't want to leave and uh, it'll be worth it. So it's like investing in, in your staff, in the systems, in the future of your business. And to invest in them, you need to charge the right prices. No. You got to charge a lot of money. And, uh, you know, if you read my book, I was going to grab, I might have a copy right here on the shelf, but it's uh, the, the original version right here. Is, it's a little bit different cover, but it's kind of like this. Um, I, I talk a lot about Ellen Rohr was one of my consultants and she says, charge the right prices. You know, I, I can't stress that enough of charging the right price. Don't yeah. be cheap. And uh, buy the best parts. See, people always say apples to apples. I sell oranges. No one else carries the parts I carry. Okay. I think they don't. I get them custom made. I got them trademarked. I got my springs. They're they're taller than me. I'm six foot three. Ah. And they're, they're powder coated red. They say Max Life on them. No one else can carry those springs. 
So if you're going head to head against me, look out because I'm going to take you back to my truck and show you why to go with me. I had a customer two weeks ago. One of my guys was out there. I said, he goes, what am I supposed to do? I've got four trucks parked behind me waiting to give this customer a bid. I said, I want you to take them out to your truck, a nice, beautiful, large wrap truck, show them our core values, show them our parts and say, none of these companies are going to be able to do this. And just call me when you get done with them because I want to do what I can do to earn your business. The customer called him up. His name's Russ. Yep. He said, you're a thousand dollars more than all of the other three companies, but we're going with you. A thousand dollars more, but we're going with you. That's huge. So hopefully the listeners got something out of this that a lot of people have this misconception that I can't charge that. They go, he doesn't know what it's like here. There's 500 electric companies. There's 830 garage door companies in Phoenix. So I know what it's like. I know what it's like more than anybody on this, this podcast. I know what it's like when somebody's going to go in and they're advertising to be the cheapest in town. Trust me. And just if you got a problem with it, there's one person to blame. Look in the mirror. Yep. And if you're the best at what you do, congratulate yourself. Pat yourself on the back. But don't tell me that I don't know what it's like because I know what it's like. You don't even have to be licensed to do garage doors. You could just be a guy that barely speaks English from Mexico. And you could be the cheapest garage door company in the world. And you could buy it way cheaper than I can because, because believe it or not, the manufacturers, the distribution centers will sell to unlicensed guys. So I've worked in every, I've worked in about 20 different states in this industry. And all I know is everybody that's a loser says the same thing. Oh, he doesn't know what it's like. It's a different industry. Or, or he doesn't know what it's like here. I, I'll go anywhere in the world. I know human yeah. beings, and that's all that matters. And it's the same in everything. It's the same in everything. People buy the brand new iPhone that barely have any money. So I don't want to hear it. I just, I've heard that too much. Learn how to self financing. That'll be my last tip. Financing is huge. So, like, if they've got like a 10 grand job or whatever it is, they, you know, you don't, they don't have the money. You can sell. You're the financer, or you get a third party company? No, I've got a third party. We use Green Sky, but. We sell a $3,200, we call it the worry-free special. It's $267 a month, same as cash for 12 months. Okay. So, you know, a lot of people say, well, I don't think we need to sell financing. And I'm like, well, if you learn how to sell it right, it's the best thing that will ever happen to you. See, the problem is a lot of people don't like change. They say that's not the way we always did it. And you know what? Most of those companies are out of business because they used to do the yellow book. The guys that were the king of the yellow book probably now don't have a business because they didn't know how to change. Totally. Do you find, I don't know, have you ever tested like giving them like the, the is there an uptake between getting like the credit and getting just, you know, paying straight out? Do people. Yeah, they spend more money when they spend a lot more money when it's the pain of today to spend a cash is different than, oh, yeah. same as cash. Oh, oh, okay. It's not like a credit card. It's like, like bucks a month or whatever it is. It's like, that's nothing. I can afford that compared to. Yeah. Yeah. They love that stuff. See, you know, they, they don't realize it's not the same pain as today. They don't see that money coming out of their account. They just see the monthly payment. So you sell with monthly payments instead of saying this is $9,826. You say, this is just, you know, 486 bucks a month. And it just sell the monthly fee. Easier, easier sell. <laughs> it is. That's cool. Um, with that, do you do you have um, like we've talked kind of about more like a lot of a lot of what you do is the back end of like marketing when you found the customer. 
what's your kind of main thing or what do you suggest for people to actually find the first customer? Where's that, you know, that first contact made? Uh, well, you got to get good on Google. I'm a big fan of online. So make sure you've got your online reputation. Here's a little trick. You go find, you, you tell your first technician to talk to 100 people. They've got neighbors, friends, and family. And the way you do this is you find your best friend. You say, give me your mom, your uncle, and your grandma's number. Then you call the grandma. You say, give me your three best friends' numbers, grandma. You get their name, their address, their phone number. And then you go out there and you service their electric, their fans or whatever. I service their garage door for free. And I say, if I do a good job, I want you to leave me a review on all these places and give me a testimonial online and a video. And then I say, by the way, when I'm out there, I'm doing everything. I'll, I'll tune up your door for free. If you need a new bottom rubber to keep all those nasty bugs out, I'm doing it for half price. If you want a new opener, I'm doing it at a huge discount. Anything you need that I point out, because for me, it's going to get me comfortable in my CRM since I'm new for my technicians. It's going to get me comfortable in the garage door, comfortable with the new van they just got. They're going to go get comfortable with people they know, kind of like a soft opening of a restaurant, and get great reviews out there. So build your online reputation up. Every every technician that you start, is that yep. kind of like a – that's very clever. That's like use the resources they have um, to – and and a key thing I think from what I've found talking to other electricians, there's a lot of resistance on free, like giving something away for free. There's like, you know, a lot of resistance. Like I'm not making any money. You will. Like it's you're going to. It's just You go out to that house. Here's the thing. You're going to find shit wrong most likely. You're going to say – they're going to say, look – I've been, I've been talking about replacing these fans or getting a new breaker box or or getting one of those uh, large surge protectors for the house. Whatever it looks like, you're going to make money, but that's how you got to start out. And you're not losing money. You're building your online reputation. Yep. Someone's going to go to buy you. They're going to be like, how many reviews do you have? If you got 10 guys that each got 100 reviews, now think about this. 10 times 100 customers is 1,000. You're asking each of them to leave five. It's 5,000 just off of 10 employees. And there's there's also a big kind of study. People nowadays will search online more and, you know, find those reviews. They want to review you before they hire your service. Oh, yeah. So Absolutely. It's a huge um, advantage if you have 1,000 and your competitor has one or none because they haven't. We'll start with the one. reviews and then get those relationships, you know. I can't yeah. tell you enough. I'm a good networker. So I get a lot of our jobs. I mean, I book 10 calls a week just for my cell phone. People call me up. There's just not a lot of jobs. I mean, we ran 67,000 jobs last year. Yep. So, and do you have a lot of maintenance work? Like keeping up? We sell service agreements. We've, we've only got a couple thousand service agreements. That's my goal this year is to increase that because you're putting a gate. You're putting, you're putting a fence around customers. Yeah, exactly. You're like you're getting you know yearly revenue or whatever it is, but also you're staying in contact with them and that's like a huge you, know, you don't not just you know doing the job and running away which i find like a lot of cheaper guys do they just do that and run away to the next one but um yeah i love that so we kind of said this before but who would you recommend to be featured on podcast next al levy al levy used to be involved in more of this kind of stuff anyway so he he's definitely a guy you want and I'll, I'll give you guys an introduction but he's if if you want to read my book first, The Home Service Millionaire. It's on Audible. And then Al Levy did a great job on The Seven Power Contractor. His is on Audible as well. Uh, if you like the book itself, you could get it on homeservicemillionaire.com forward slash 
uh, free, and all you got to do is pay for shipping. Cool. I'm in Spain at the moment, so I, I, I can't get sh – they've actually locked down our borders, which is a pain, but uh, the audio – You can get the uh, Audible, but uh, no, Spain's awesome. Um, and then you could get me on Home Service uh, – the Home Service Expert podcast. I'm up to like 120 some odd episodes. I have a lot of fun on that. Yeah, cool. No, Same thing a, you do with this. Yeah, that's it, it's fun to interact, meet people, build relationships, and you know, especially now when you can't meet people as so much, you know, it's good to still get make those connections and build yeah, build relationships, which is the core foundation of you know any business essentially. So it is. If you're not like. I think people miss now's an opportunity if you take advantage of it. Yeah. Like most people are like, Oh, I've got no work or whatever. And they you know, go bankrupt or whatever. But if you take the time, you've got savings. So you're not going to go bust in the first week, but you can take the time to explore and, and build relationships, go on, do online. I love the, uh, what you talked about with the online zoom lunches. That's, that's cool. That's, you know, something new. I've done, I've done that with friends, but I haven't actually thought of doing that with a business partner. So, or business percent, you know, customer. Yeah. So yeah. Thanks for uh, coming on the show. That's been great fun. Lots of good advice. I hope everyone listening has been able to gather some you know, insight as to how it relates, what you're doing relates to electrical. Cause it's, you know, it's a different trade, but the same thing, the same concept with helping, you know, service the industry which is you know everyone has a house everyone needs needs electricity garage doors these type of things like it's not going to go away there's plenty of work available people have still got money you just got to find it so with that i'll um end this one and we'll talk soon thank you very much appreciate you letting me out do you know who your dream customer is most likely not. Most people I've talked to have no idea and hence their marketing is not working. This is a key cornerstone in building a successful electrical business or a successful marketing campaign for your electrical business. So my challenge for you today is make up or create your dream customer. Who is it you want to serve? And reach out to us in the Facebook group, Marketing Secrets for Electricians. Share with us who you have created, what is the name, what do they look like, uh, what interests do they have, what are their problems they're having. And if you're not sure about it, let's get on there and work this out because every electrical business needs to have a dream customer. And guess what? Because we're all individuals and different, each business is going to have their own unique customer that they want to serve. So look forward to seeing you there. Thank you.